Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello and welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. You might know us as the co-founders of Of A Kind, the co-authors of WorkWife, or just two women who feel so strongly about their relationship that they own the domain, ClaireAndErica.com. Related? Head there to sign up for our newsletter. Please do. If you were getting our newsletter before, you're not getting it now, go sign up. We have the whole like double opt-in thing. So you're going to have to verify, but I promise it will be worth it. Spread the word. The other thing you can do, you can't sign up for our newsletter this way, but you can definitely get in touch with us this way. Get on your phone, dial 833-632-5463. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Send us some words of encouragement. Tell us how you feel about the podcast's name, A Thing or Two, this new name we got. I feel great about it. Eric and I walked from our um, office in Dumbo. Our office our old in office, Dumbo. Old RIP. RIP. <laughs> we no longer have an office. So we walked from there to uh, actually a political fundraiser, how fancy of us, in Greenwich Village. It was like an hour and a half walk, would you say? Maybe an hour. Yeah, an hour. And went through, came up with like 12 really solid names and just and none, of them, one of, right. none no, of them felt right. No, this was none of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you came up with a thing or two and it just immediately, I was like, done. That's the one. And for so many reasons, because I think everybody knows how strongly we feel about the word thing, Yeah, you know, and then it also sort of plays on the fact that there's sort of a thing one and thing two thing yeah. happening over here. And yeah, yeah. just, you know, this is a new podcast, but it's the same old podcast <laughs> yeah. is the thing. And I didn't like the idea of coming up. We had so many clever you didn't ideas. Want it, you, it, we don't want it to be a departure. We don't want it to be a departure. I also didn't want it to be too clever. Um, should we share some rejected ones? Absolutely. Tip included. That was a front runner. That was absolutely a front runner. I love it, but it's just too cutesy. It's just too different. Like it's a different podcast. Meant for sharing. Meant for sharing was there great. There were too many, honestly, restaurant drives. <laughs> a lot of restaurants. Considering this is not a restaurant concept. No. Not even a fast casual yeah. one. But we're, we it, we didn't get to the restaurant concept until we were like in Soho. We were working on some other things yeah, before yeah. we got there. Maybe it was the inspiration of like 6th Avenue uh, in, <laughs> in Soho, West Village that really brought us there. The other one that was a front runner was just into it. Into it. Um, which is interesting because a famously rejected name for of a kind <laughs> is, was It's You or it's so you. Depending. Either way. Either way. Which my dad came up with when it turned out the domain name of a kind.com was taken and we weren't sure if we were going to be able to afford it. And we 
again, famously rejected it. But then at the end of the day, into it is not so different. And no. we, were pretty into, we were pretty into that. Um, so I asked Thomas, um, as part of this brainstorming process, what we said a lot on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, totally. <laughs> yeah. He's like, but it has to have like, it would have to have like nine O's. And then it'd be hard to, to keep track totally. of. Totally. Totally. The other one was 100%. 100%. 100%. Not 100, yeah. you know, not 100%. Just like 100. 100%. Yeah. Which again, I like, but just felt like the wrong brand. I agree. I agree. Which doesn't mean we're going to stop saying those things. Totally is one of the words that sometimes I write at the top of the script to remind myself to stop saying it. Yes. Totally amazing and like are the three that I would prefer to say less. Yeah. It's a goal. It's an aspiration. Um, I did hear an, someone presented me with an argument the other day that like and um are actually women's ways of making conversation more inviting and familiar. Well, and, that book that I read, why can I not think of the name? Uh, Word Slut. Word Slut um, spoke to that yeah. a lot and was basically like, more or less, like, fuck anybody who tells you not to say those things. Those are ways that we soften conversation yes. and invite people in. Yeah. So, no. And basically, women and young women especially are the ones who change and shift language. Mm-hmm. So just because people aren't doing it now doesn't mean that in five years, that's like where men will be. Shakespearean, like an um. Mm-hmm. We're just Shakespearean. Shaping language. Shaping language. What do we have on this episode? Um, we have a real grab bag. A genuine grab bag. It's the- mo- a grab bag of mostly things that have been going on in your lives, in your life that we're going to talk about. We're going to get into there's, a deep dive of. No, there's a lot. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fine. I just had nothing to, con- I had no That's grab bag items in my true. life. That is entirely not true. That's not okay. true. You're right. I brought a I brought you a bag of snacks the other day that you were like, these are worth discussing on the podcast. Yeah. For it's example. True. No, I just it's not listen, I'm thrilled to be doing it. I, I just didn't have anything to do. I think you're insecure in about this episode. Well, I think these are some things that these are some hot topics that people care okay. about. Okay. Um, I would like to start mm-hmm. um by talking about the fact that I'm watching the OC for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, which surprised me. Yes. Um, and I think will surprise many other people. That you never watched it before. Yeah, or because it's yeah. like, like, I love yeah. teens. I yes. love like YA True. content. True. Um, and this is also like, uh, we are millennials of a certain age. It feels like this is no, but just y- prime. You and prime. I are exactly the generation that would have missed it because we graduated in 2001 and 2002. And from high school. From high school, right. And the OC premiered in 2003. Right? Uh, 2003 or 2004. I think it ran, yeah, 2003 to 2007. Okay. Exactly. So we stopped having access to TVs. I regularly. didn't have a TV. Yeah. Like, no, I wasn't I watching either. anything in college. Yeah. No, same. I, d- I mean, well, I, we've discussed this before, but I got one at some point, like in college, and then became a Nielsen. Yeah. And then you were watching person. everything, which <laughs> yeah. is different. Right. But I wasn't watching the OC. I, I, start, I watched Grey's Anatomy when I got my TV. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't watch Grey's Anatomy until after college. Oh, I got so into it. I had to stop, though, because for the same reason many people have to stop, because you start thinking that you're going to die of every possible thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not great at those shows. Yeah. Um, I'm really not. Okay, so my takeaways from watching The O.C., Mm -hmm. I mean, the first one, the first really surprising Mm -hmm. thing for me was that I realized I had no idea what the premise was of the show. (laughs) Yeah. Like, truly, no idea what the premise was. That's like one of the few things that I did know, because I've seen the first couple of episodes, because at some point I I started watching it. I I hadn't seen a drop of the OC. Just not a drop of it. This was the first time, and I started with the pilot, and I— Did you watch Gossip Girl? Yes. Okay. Like, from, like, the first two or three full seasons. Okay. Like, while it was on? Yeah. Okay. Like, I had a TV then. Okay. That's when, like, Thomas and I lived on Prince Street, um, and we watched 
the like iconic shows from that era in my mm. mind are Gossip Girl and The Wire. Okay. Really two ends yeah. of the spectrum. High low. And so I knew about, I knew it took place in the OC. Mm-hmm. I, the context clues yeah. brought me there. Yeah. I knew about Seth and Summer. I knew about Ryan and Marissa. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the basic, like, gist that Ryan was, like, this, you know, juvenile, like, was, yeah. was taken— He was a juvenile delinquent. A juvenile delinquent who was adopted by yeah. the Cohen family yeah. um, and, like, you know, brought to this new new Newport world. Had no idea. Is it safe to say you knew more about the actors and actresses via Perez Hilton than you did about what was actually going on in the show? Absolutely. Like, you knew way more about Misha Barton than you did about Summer— What's Summer's last name? No, she's not even Summer. No, no, she's, she's Marissa, Marissa. Marissa Cooper. That's right. Um, no, I yeah, I, I yeah. mean, I definitely knew. I definitely knew a lot about Misha Barton mm-hmm. during that mm-hmm. era, or at least like the you know two thousand five to two thousand nine era. Right. I knew a whole lot about that. Um, the other the other takeaways, the first episode where I learned the premise of the show, which blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Marissa's outfit on the first episode, mm-hmm. she's wearing. The lowest jeans, like that, I can like possibly imagine. Like, and then she's wearing a Henley that has a, a curved hem. You know what mm. I mean? And could so you that, see her thong straps? No, but because that was see, a key part of that outfit, I would think. Yeah, well, you could yeah. see like eight inches of stomach on mm. both sides, but mm-hmm. but the shirt was like a normal length. Right. It was just that the jeans were so the low. jeans were so low, and it made me feel so old to be like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> like what are we doing here? I, you know, that inseam was like 100%, an inch, inch and a half. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I had all of those. Sure. Um, and I read an article recently that had that w- the headline of which really grabbed me because I was super curious. It was the, pr- the, it was setting out to answer the question like that basically for the first time ever, there are a lot of different jean styles yeah. that are in, which if you think about it, it was never the case. It was like, when skinny jeans were in, it was only skinny jeans, and God forbid you wore boot cut. And when it was it boot looked cut, dated to yeah, wear something else. Exactly. Yeah. It was like before it was always there's like this monolithic style. Um, so it it's not like that interesting of an answer. The answer is kind of the internet and like yeah. retailers can afford to carry more than one style and it's fine. But it sort of goes through the history of the jean. And basically, right now, the jean market is growing after being in a long decline as a result of, of athleisure. Athleisure, they, this article basically theorized, or like some retail consultant theorized, that the decline of the jeans started with the low slung jean era because all those low waist jeans were so unflattering that people had to just turn to like Lululemon yoga pants instead, um, and that that's basically when the jean market started shrinking. Because Listen, the, I buy <laughs> that. Jeans I hundred percent buy that. Yeah. That, it is a hard look to pull off a jean truly this low, and and it's just like yeah, it's a constant. I mean, now I'm now that mm-hmm. I I've just finished the first season, mm-hmm. so now 27 episodes in, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, my mind has adapted. The but brain well, I was is gonna like say that's there. like, it's like we talked, we were talking recently in an episode about how like when you're visually affronted with something enough, eventually you start to like it. Yeah, are you into it now? Are you gonna? I wouldn't go so far as to say that I'm into it or that I like the fashion on the show. Yeah, in all. general. Yeah. Um. And actually, even more than that, the hair on the show mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. distractingly challenging. Yeah. Um, Ryan's hair, I don't understand what we're doing. I don't understand what it we're going for. It was hot then, though. It was because yeah. it grows over no, the I ears. Remember. I remember. It like, just looks like he hasn't gotten a haircut well, in a he long couldn't time. Well, af- he couldn't afford one. Oh, he certainly could in Newport, Claire. <laughs> he certainly, he was like asking people for thousands of dollars regularly to yeah. nail things. No, it just grows over the ears and, and he has like a bang. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the the like, least offensive hair on the show mm-hmm. is Seth far and away. Yeah. It's like that soccer boy look, lacrosse yeah. boy look. Yeah, f- yeah. Like a samba shoe yeah, exactly. hair. Um, 
but you can see you can like see on so many of the women first of all there's like the straightening iron but it's mm-hmm. used to like create a little bit of a curl at the end yeah. in a way that is just jarring to mm-hmm. a 2019 eye and then you can also see the extensions like oh, wow. where they're inserted um oh or just like the layers that are so bad yeah. that they like that it may as well look like mm-hmm. extensions mm-hmm. are inserted i don't know and one of the things that I-, I was reading about like what made this show impactful or powerful um, Josh Schwartz, the creator, is like, you know, obviously a real thing. Um, he was talking about how they wanted to put men at the center of it. Mm-hmm. Like it was a mm-hmm. soap. It mm-hmm. was like a primetime soap, yep. but with men at the center. Um, and, you know, soaps in general have been directed at like four and two women and yep. with female characters to be like, oh, look, this like fluffy, like mm-hmm. nonsense, like, you know, yep. this is for women. No, it does. I mean, from what little of it I've seen, I do remember feeling like Seth in particular, like Seth and Ryan, Ryan. had like a genuine friendship and Seth 100%. is very sensitive and like emo and, and, and pulls that out of Ryan and, and I guess sort of the right. role. And, yeah. and there, it was like an, a different take on masculinity that you usually see in these types of things. Exactly. Thank you so much to Acuity for sponsoring this week's episode. Um, so you've probably heard us, Claire and I talked before about like how strongly we feel about calendar management and seeing each other's calendars and just like the transparency of booking things and all of that. Um, but calendars are, and like booking is just such a pain in the ass, no matter how you're trying to do it. time. Totally. Um, which is why we love the idea for anybody who's running a business or a side hustle of Acuity, which is an appointment scheduler. So all you have to do, it essentially acts as an automated assistant that works 24 hours a day behind the scenes to fill your calendar in and take hours of work off your plate so that you can focus on the important aspects of running a business or a side hustle. As soon as clients book with you through Acuity, it automatically sends booking confirmations with your own brand, your own messaging, your own voice. It sounds like you and delivers text reminders and even allows people to reschedule on your own so that you can avoid all of that back and forth of like, that time doesn't work for me anymore. Can you do this instead? Blah, 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 blah. Clients can very quickly self-book their own appointments, reschedule, and even pay online. And it allows you to just look all professional and have that convenient scheduler that matches your voice. You get paid on time. You book more clients. You automate the things that you need to be automating. They have all sorts of bells and whistles for businesses of every size and shape. So if it's like just you and this is, you know, your side gig, it's great for you. Or if you have a business with multiple locations and lots of employees, this is still going to work for you. They also have um, like payments set up for recurring memberships and subscription plans. They um, make it so that you can sort of have an intake form basically where you collect everything you need to know about a client as soon as they book. And then it all syncs with your calendar. So whether you're using Google, Outlook, iCloud, Office 365, it's going to keep everything in sync. Save yourself from the day-to-day drudgery of having to keep up with your clients and your busy schedule by using Acuity Scheduling. For a limited time only, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free, no credit card required, by going to acuityscheduling.com slash a thing or two. That's acuityscheduling.com slash a thing or two. Thank you so much to Lamps Plus for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you also to Lamps Plus for giving me an opportunity to address something that I think needs to be addressed, and that is the boob lamp. We have all moved into a new apartment or a home and had to look at those light fixtures on the ceilings that are shaped like a boob. I don't think there's any other way to say it. I feel like boob lamp is actually the official real estate term for this. And here's the thing that I think it took me a little too long to realize. You don't have to live with it. 
you can replace that fixture. And you can do it at Lamps Plus because they are the nation's largest lighting retailer with over 55,000 designs from top brands and their own exclusive designs in lightings, home furnishings, and decor. You don't have to guess at what the designs will look like or wander around the aisles of a big box store. Lamps Plus has videos with design tips and all the photos on their site tell you which light fixtures or furniture pieces are featured, so it's easy to buy what you like. They also have a large selection of Minka Lavery lighting to transform your home into wonderful living areas. Minka Lavery is known for designs that blend function and style using innovative materials. And, 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 you can now get up to 50% off hundreds of lights, furniture, and decor between November 25th and December 24th. That's up to 50% off during the Lamps Plus holiday sale now through December 24th. Go to L-A-M-P-S-P-L-U-S dot com slash a thing or two to start saving today. That's lampsplus.com slash a thing or two. Um, I was for a period of time a pretty dedicated viewer of One Tree Hill, which feels like poor man's OC, but I think it predated the OC. And it had a similar premise and also similarly like put some of these men at the forefront. Yeah. And I get them confused in my mind a lot. That's and, fair. and One Tree Hill was the CW for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. For and sure. also similarly like ran for so long. Yeah, I do remember that show being on for It was like on for so long. Yeah, for like yeah. three, four seasons past yeah. anybody watching I it. I think maybe. they're basically the same show just in different regions of the United States. Yeah. And one with significantly more popularity. But the other one with quite a bit of popularity too. Really. I think so. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think you have to watch both. I think you can watch <laughs> yeah, I can one just or choose the other. One. Yeah. My other big takeaway from watching this and and we were just talking about Seth in particular was there's like a Jewish teenager or a half Jewish teenager mm-hmm. on TV and you know Seth and Sandy and sort of the way that Judaism is incorporated was super interesting to mm-hmm. me partly because like I the other thing I knew about the show mm-hmm. before watching it was yeah. Chrismica. Yeah. Um and that's because I grew up in a like household where we had Christmas and Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is like on primetime television. Yep. Like that feels like revelatory. Um, but it wasn't, you know, none of this was like on television when no, there we were, were no. that age. Yeah. Um, yeah. You and I were talking about this and you and I share something in common, which is that we both grew up Jewish in high schools and like towns where the Judaism was not like a mainstream. It was like an yes. othered thing. And I definitely feel like if this had been on when I was in high school, that would have really meant something to me. Totally. By the time it came on, I was in college. There were plenty of other Jews. All my friends were in colleges and places where they were like suddenly being Jewish was cool because one friend went to University of Miami and everybody was Jewish. And I was like, how was this not a thing four years ago? Like, (laughs) yeah, like basically if this was on when mm-hmm. I was in high school, my friends might have known what, what Passover was. Right, right. Like, which, you know, no, there's a whole knew. episode and that just like wasn't a thing yeah. that I grew up with. And obviously, representation on TV is a huge topic mm-hmm. and we are, you know, like hardly, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we have like a very limited things to even gripe yeah. about um, here right. as, as, as in terms of like ourselves being yes. represented. Yes. Um, but um, it is just interesting to think about the fact that um, – shows directed at teens and that like mm-hmm. you know there were shows for adults that were that had more um visibly jewish characters yes. um and maybe the teens were watching but not with like a yeah. kind of heartthrobby totally no yeah yeah it i don't dumb. know it, when you talk about that i'm like what else was like mainstream jewish when i was growing up and honestly the only thing i can remember because it felt like such a thing was adam sandler's the hanukkah song when i, I had a hanukkah party yeah 
a friend of yeah. mine, Matt Johnson, yeah. brought a boom box and yeah. like made a, you know, yeah. construction paper. Yeah. Um, yarmulke. Yarmulke. Mm-hmm. And played the Hanukkah song. Like this was like, you know, because that's all that, that was the that, only. But yeah. I remember when I came, that came out, even though it's like obviously a joke song being like, okay, great. Like Jew, people are talking about being Jewish. No, it was like, weirdly it's like a, a teachable moment. Yeah. Like weirdly. <laughs> Felt satisfying. The other thing that surfaced when I was doing a little bit of internet digging about this, which I did remember when they when I read about it, <clears> was <throat> that Rugrats, um, yes. which mm-hmm. I yeah. fucking loved. Yes. Um, Great show. They did a, both a Hanukkah special mm-hmm. and a Passover special where they like told the story of each of them. Bless um, Rugrats. Bless Rugrats. Yeah, I do kind of remember that. Yeah. It, sound, it sounds familiar. When you see screenshots, yeah. you'll you'll be like, yep, I'm there. Yeah. Yep. yep. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. What else are you thinking about? Do you want to talk about the snack? Yeah. Tell me about… Well, you, you've done the research on this snack. Tell me. So I brought… I brought you a bag yeah. of a paleo snack yeah. that excused itself on the back for being paleo. When I read That's the back… That's generous of it. So this was the… It was the, it, the, the brand was Lesser Evil, yeah. which I thought was a great brand name yeah. for like healthy junk food. It's yeah. not healthy. It's, it's just, it's just Lesser yeah, Evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're paleo puffs, no cheese cheesiness. They were like a… They were like a… A, a cheese curl a concept. A cheese curl, yes. Concept. A concept, Relative. yeah. It's and when I first bit into it, I was like, "This is gross." And then by the time I got to your house, I had eaten three quarters of like a sizable bag. Meant and I for, finished them yeah, and easily, finished. just easily. It's a very satisfying texture. Yeah. So it's cassava, coconut, yeah. and sweet potato flowers. I've avoided them because when I see the word puff, I assume it's for a toddler because yeah. that's like a toddler yeah. thing. And then when everything that's like all pirates booty adjacent. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then Which when we I, do enjoy. I love a pirate's booty. I'm not going to be sad to let pirate's booty go now that we don't have an office. That was like a go-to office snack. Yeah, me either. Um, I did one of my favorite, as an aside, one of my favorite um, anecdotes from that epic uh, New York Magazine Jessica Pressler story about Grace Church School. Yes. Was that the parents were concerned that the children were eating too much pirate's booty. <laughs> it's like, LOL, same. I'm also concerned about my pirate's booty intake. And now my paleo puffs intake. So the, uh, the reason I've been avoiding paleo stuff is because I have it in my head that like paleo is something that only makes sense for you if you're full on doing paleo. And like for a person who's yeah. not full on doing paleo and going to get your body into ketosis or whatever yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. you may as well just consume grains because otherwise you're probably just consuming something else like more caloric or whatever yeah. it is. This paleo puff discussed on the back how they made, they like, started doing this for, you know, the it, for the rise of the paleo, in yeah. popularity of the paleo diet, but it's actually just healthier and a good puff. I don't know. I don't care. I love grains. Yeah. I try to avoid certain grains, but I can't, I try to avoid gluten. I can't try to also avoid grains as a category. It's no, listen, too much. I understand. But here's the thing, Claire, if you wanted to, this mm-hmm. brand makes a different puff than I right. had. Um, yeah. The week prior and did eat the entire bag off for dinner yeah. one night. That was my dinner, just yeah. uh, one of these. And it felt like it could satisfy a dinner because it was, it, these are called egg white curls. Well, my favorite thing about them is before you realized that they were made of egg whites, you were like, I had this brand, but a different flavor. It was Huevos Rancheros. No, I knew that they were egg. I just didn't know that oh. yours weren't egg. Oh, 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 oh. Because I just, they, right. they tasted texturally like exactly the same. But apparently you can get the same texture with cassava flour as egg white. I don't know. Well, the Huevos Rancheros, I just love that that is as a, a concept. As a, because same. I'm like, what's the, why not just call it like nacho cheese or something? Or like, you know, just like tomato, like garden salsa or whatever. Yeah. But 
They're because like, it's made taco, of egg whites. Like, you're going to call it the whatever. Yeah. It's hysterical to me. Yeah. I will say, I'm not surprised that I like the paleo puffs because cassava flour is also what you buns are made out uh, of. Cassava and tapioca. Exactly. And it's just a satisfying, like, texture and flavor. Yeah, 100%. I bought these, uh, the egg white ones, um, the egg curls. At, you know that thing, Pop-Up Grocer? Yes. That had a run in New York. It was basically, it was open for, I think, a couple months, and mm-hmm. they sold all of these sort of yeah. like bougie alt, like trend, trendy snacks. Basically, we should have been consulted to I We to absolutely this. should have been consulted. Yeah. I also bought um, Magic Spoon there. Mm-hmm, you know that? Mm-hmm. that um, yeah, the DTC cereal. That DTC <laughs> cereal. Yeah. Um, it is, it's keto or at least paleo. I, the problem is I don't truly know the difference. Same. Um, and um, I was thrilled because I had wanted to try it. And you yeah. could typically only order it on the internet and buy multiple boxes. Yep. And that felt absurd. So I bought just the what one box. What made you want to try it? Just cu- sheer curiosity. Sheer curiosity. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Sheer curiosity. I think I prefer it most mixed with another cereal because it is quite sweet. I have not mixed cereals in so long, but that was my jam as a child. I highly recommend it mixed. Um, what do you? What did you mix it with? That oh, is, we had like puffins, you know, those okay. little yeah. like, yeah. I know, I, think, I know a puffin. Yeah. yeah. We had those at my house. Um, so that's what I mixed them with. They The Magic Spoon by itself is, it. you will you would not like it at all because yeah. it is so sweet. Yeah. Um, and sweet things. And, um, but I did sort of like it as like a combo thing where you're like, oh, it has some, I'm getting some protein here because it's all whey protein. Okay. That's the like Got it. conceit. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So lesser evil. Oh, we saw that they they sell on Thrive Market. Our oh, friends yeah. at Thrive Market. Our so friend. if you want to try. Shout out Thrive Market. Yeah. Um, we also, the other like Pirate's Booty alt mm. that we consumed recently um, is Pipcorn, um, who you may know because they make that delicious tiny little popcorn, has just expanded their skew count considerably. Yeah, they're Pip Snacks now. Yeah, they're Pip oh, Snacks. Right, they're Pip Snacks. They still have, it still says Pipcorn yeah. on the bag, but yeah. They sent us some extremely delicious cheese balls. Um but they all they had an, another variety that were broccoli cheddar cheese balls, mm-hmm. which I was so in for. They were delicious, delightful. They also had like a, a Fritos dupe um, that were delicious, and and a truffle variety that I'm not even that big into truffles, but a truffle a truffle Frito dupe is delicious. I need to tell my dad about this. His like his two core snacks when mm-hmm. I was growing up, um, like sitting in front of a computer or like watching a Cardinals yeah. game on TV were cheese balls out mm. of the like blue can, you know? I just, they, they, no, no, just not my thing. I just, oh, I mean, of course I'll eat them and they're in front of me, but it just, they get, there's a, I can it, only it's have a mouth a coating. It's a feeling. mouth coating. Yeah. And like, I just think Cheetos are so superior. It, it's just, I don't know why they're texturally so ball. different. They're texturally so, so different. Totally. I, it, and the, the cheese, it, the cheese doesn't have like a, a tang to it the way that the Cheetos does. And then he would also do Fritos and he would do um, like a cream cheese dip with uh, chili sauce. Oh my God. Sounds mixed in. You would be really into it. Fritos brand makes a chili cheese dip. Yes. Yeah. It's like, it is fucking phenomenal. And this was like, it's like lighter because it's cream cheese or you tell yourself that it is. Oh my gosh. It's very good. It's very good. Thank you so much to Con Air for sponsoring today's episode. If you have heard me talk about my hair routine, you know that I rely on a curling wand to sort of perfect my curls. And the one that I love and have kept coming back to after trying them at every price range is the Conair curling wand that you can find at pretty much every drugstore. So I am so excited that they are coming out with even more 
products for naturally textured and curly hair. And they have a really exciting one out that we are talking about today. This is a new hair dryer out. It's called the Infinity Pro by Conair Texture Styling Hair Dryer. It has a patent pending diffuser attachment that seriously reduces frizz. So diffusers are really key for drying curly hair, but the issue is that standard diffusers can sort of blow out your curls and actually cause frizz. But Infinity Pro by Conair's innovative and unique diffuser design won't disrupt curls or cause frizz with excessive airflow because the air just continuously circulates through the vents to gently surround and dry your curly hair fast while promoting frizz-free curls and waves. So you still get the curl, the wave, the body, and the volume, but without the frizz. And what's crazy is Erica has also used this and she does not have curly hair, but it gives her this incredible sort of like wave and and body and just brings out the natural texture that's there. It looks so good. So if you happen though to be looking for a smoother and straighter look, this also comes with the concentrator attachment for sleek style. So if you want that straighter look, the smooth look. So combined with this dryer's powerful AC motor, as well as its ionic and ceramic technology, you're going to get the added bonus of even faster drying, gentler heat, and frizz-free shiny looking hair. Get the total look with the Infinity Pro by Conair Texture Styling Hair Dryer. To buy it, you're going to go to conair.com and search for textured hair. Again, you're going to conair.com, searching for textured hair, and looking for the Infinity Pro by Conair Texture Styling Hair Dryer. My college roommate, one of my closest friends, is from Cincinnati. And if you know Cincinnati or love someone in Cincinnati, you know that Skyline Chili is a really big thing there. And her mom used to bring these Sam's Clubs, like pallets of Skyline Chili to us in college. It's not chili. I don't know why they call it chili. It's it's something else. Um, But we would make a dip that was a layer of cream cheese, and then you would put the chili on top, and then shredded cheddar, and then you would put it in the oven and let it all melt. And then we put hot sauce on top and then eat it with like Fritos and tortilla tips. And it was so good. What else is happening? I have been in the process of uh, curbing my Amazon. uh, Curbing your Amazon enthusiasm. Yeah, that's right. Curbing my Amazon enthusiasm. And I made a big step uh, recently. I I canceled Prime. Good for you. Or I didn't let it renew. Yeah. I didn't let it renew. I turned it off. I saw it on your calendar. Yeah. Because, well, I wanted to remind Because here was the thing. Yeah. I hadn't watched Fleabag, mm-hmm. and so that was my deadline to right. watch Fleabag. That's a good because... deadline because I keep putting off watching Fleabag. So I basically was getting sort of grossed out with how reliant I was mm-hmm. on Amazon. And our friend Kayleen pointed this out recently, and I realized you were the same. Like, you taught me how much you could order on Amazon years ago. No, and I'm she was certain. like, <laughs> she, would, she was like, E, you were the one who like turned me on to the fact that you could order all this stuff on Amazon. Like, listen, I got in yeah. early and now I'm <laughs> getting out early. Good for you. Are trying to. No, I listen, I'm with, I had gotten really, really far right before I had Cam where I like was not ordering anything on it. And then Cam came along and I had to, I'm, I'm back in. Well, and that's a thing. I like, fell off I, the wagon. You, you have a small child. Yeah. Um, and there are things that you actually genuinely need as soon as possible. Or you, or it's <clears> just like a huge pain in the ass to take him yeah. out to go get those things. Well, now that he's a little older, it's not such a big deal. Yeah. When they're babies and they're— He's still a baby. Well, that's true. But when they're, when they're newborns, tiny baby babies, it's yeah. awful. You're like, he just entered a new phase where he's doing this thing and I need something to fix it immediately. Um, but I no longer—now I can like pop him in the stroller and go to Walgreens or whatever. But for me, it's like— there are genuinely so few things that I actually need within 48 yeah. hours. And I think it's 
it's been helpful to remind myself of that, that like just because you can get something instantly, I don't need it. Like I do not need a cookbook within 48 hours. And if I do, I can walk my ass to, or like take the train to Greenlight Books or to Books or Magic Mm -hmm. and go buy the cookbook. Absolutely. Um, There's just, I don't know. But I also... Well, the interesting thing, so I I was telling you, I was reading this um, article recently that Charles Duhigg wrote about Amazon and it quoted, I can't remember who it was quoting. Um, So this is the New Yorker, but it was quoting someone who was saying, who was sort of speaking to what you were speaking to that like, for a lot of people, for, or just for the consumer, Amazon is an incredible thing. And it's yeah. like optimized for the consumer and it gives you so access, so much access and opportunity yeah. and low prices. And like it is built for the consumer. But the problem is we're not just consumers, right? Like we are also small business owners and marketers and, um, at, you know, all of these other things. And we're people, people living on a planet. People living on a planet, people who were employees, right? We are people who want to also have... Um, a mom and pop drugstore in our neighborhood or just a drugstore period that we can walk to should we need something within four hours instead of 24 hours. So like, yes, as a new mom, maybe it is really optimized for me, but I'm not just a new mom, right? Like, so you have to think about all these things, right? Because nobody is just a consumer. Well, and this is like, to use my dad as an example for a second time in this episode, um, I, one of the things that I thought was really exciting about Amazon for him specifically was he loves Asian cooking and mm-hmm. he lives in Peoria, Illinois, where his access to those things is very limited. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he'd have to wait until he went to Chicago and had time to go to an Asian grocer to buy yeah. this sauce or to buy this ingredient. And now it's, it's exciting yeah. that those things are right there. He can get them. Like it's yeah. not, it, it, there's no barrier to entry. Yeah. On the flip side, when I was visiting my parents this spring, they buy their paper towels on Amazon. Right. And I looked at them and I was like, you two have two cars and like live <laughs> yep. literally four minutes from stores yep. that sell paper towels. What are you doing? Like well, what? Because I know also yeah. I said like, you also live in a place where you should have concerns about the places that sell paper oh, towels absolutely. going out of business. Yeah. I mean, and you know, to your point about Asian ingredients that, that might be hard yeah. to access— Maybe the flip side of Amazon is Shopify, right? Because yeah. I just bought Red Boat Salt on Red Boat's website. It exactly. was definitely like a lo-fi Shopify website. Whereas before I would have bought it on Amazon. Yes. And Shopify is making it possible for all these people to ship this stuff themselves. I mean, the problem is that Amazon is building out their business in such a way that is making it very hard for these people to keep these websites profitable. Yeah. Um, or to just like get these websites on the radar of people. Yeah. And that's a whole other story. But I do think. I'm very happy that things like Shopify and Squarespace e-commerce exist to give these people the opportunity to sell outside of Amazon. Yes. And a friend was asking recently, like, well, what am I doing instead of shopping on Amazon? Because it's not like I'm, it's not like I've like been like, oh, I'm not, I'm swearing off Mm e-commerce. Yeah. It's that a lot of times I'm just shopping directly. I'm like buying directly from the company and- Which is better for the company Which is way better for the company. They're actually- Yeah, exactly. And in some cases that means I'm paying for shipping, which like one, shipping costs money and I have Mm -hmm. to accept the reality of that. Yeah. And two, Amazon Prime costs money too. It's like right. it's 120 bucks or 119 bucks or whatever. Yeah. So if I don't do that, then and I think of that as like my shipping right. budget, all of a sudden it makes as much it's sense. Not as big I of a don't deal. know. I think the thing for me that when I finally, when I did start becoming conscious of it was that I would explain, I would find myself in so many conversations with everybody from my parents to like a random person at a party explaining to them that Amazon is destroying retail and that I genuinely fear for like a major economic collapse. I mean, which is coming regardless and maybe it's not just attributable to Amazon, but 
You can no. look around and see all of these big retailers that are falling just because of Amazon. Yeah. And like, and, and now and there's- And small retailers yeah, too. exactly. And now there are, you know, other, other things at play in trade wars, but it's very easy to attribute a huge amount of the way the economy is shifting to Amazon alone. And that's really scary and upsetting. And I was like, wait, but I'm also shopping there and I need to stop. It's obviously, it's like impossible to extricate yourself completely because yeah. they are not just a retailer. They provide web services. Oh my they gosh, provide of shipping. Course. They provide warehousing. So you're touch, you're interacting with their business in so many ways that you probably don't even realize on a day-to-day basis. But I do think cutting back on buying from them is, when a, you is can. a very and real like, thing, real way to have an impact. And the thing is, I'm. it's not like I'm like, it's not like I've cut it out completely yeah. even. It's like I've I've made seven purchases on Amazon this yeah. year. Two of them are for this face wash that I like, this Yes to Carrots Gentle Milk Cleanser. Mm-hmm. And I had gone, I had gone to the like sort of fancy drugstore by our old office mm-hmm. to try to find it. They didn't have it. I'd gone to a CVS like on the way to yeah. a, a, a dinner and they didn't have it. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to like run around to three different stores yeah. to try to find this thing. This will be the thing. This will be one of the things that yeah. it's just a lot easier for me to buy here. And listen, I mean, and I don't know if the the yes to line of face washes is one of these companies, but there are certain companies that will say, raise their hand and say, I wouldn't have a business if not for Amazon. Yeah, totally. I mean, Instant Pot is one of them. Like yeah. that business was built for and on Amazon. Yeah. The problem is that Amazon ends up undercutting a lot of these businesses, but like it also does provide opportunity for for certain businesses. And so there there is a double-edged sword at, at points and it's not, you can still support brands and and do it through Amazon. It is, it's a wild business though. It, if you, I do think this article in the New Yorker was yeah, a nice. Yeah, I want to read it. Well, one of the things, I knew all of this stuff, but it, one of, it, it very succinctly describes the way in which the entire ecosystem feeds on itself in a way, you know, when you think about like, Sure, Amazon Prime streaming is seemed like an obvious thing, but I never thought about the fact that people who didn't have Amazon, the way they think about it is basically people who didn't have Amazon Prime already as like a shopping thing will buy Amazon Prime for streaming. And then because they already have a yeah. shop on Amazon more and then they will have better rates with the, with the UPS and FedEx as a result of that. And then they are making more money. And it's just like it all, it yeah. just all feeds on itself in this insane way that um, is problematic. Well, and Charles Duhigg, the guy who wrote it, is the author of The Power of Habit, mm-hmm. which, like, yeah, <laughs> really speak that, like, it, which is a very, very good mm-hmm. book, but that, like, very much speaks to, like, yes. just getting people to go to Amazon all the time. Exactly. And then once they're there, getting right. them to do all these other well, things. Well, it's like we all think about so much of the reason that you shop at Amazon half the time is because that you can buy things with one click. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you like certain Amazon shows um, or if you really like, you know, reading on an e-reader, it can be really challenging to extricate yourself completely from these things. hundred percent. I mean, I, 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 the Kindle would be a very hard thing for me to give up at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, but you check out a lot of books on the library on your I Kindle. I buy so few Kindle books. Yeah. Um, so few. Um, and yeah, I use the Libby app, L-A-B-B-Y. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so, so, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and get all my books from there. Yeah. Yeah. It's smart. Yeah. Complicated mess, Amazon, but um, yeah, not not good for workers, not good for the earth, not good for retail. <laughs> there, that's another bit. Good another, for marvelous Mrs. Maisel, for sure. Good for marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It, the other thing, the, there, if you want to read more about the working conditions of Amazon, it's covered largely in the, the Charles, the New Yorker, Charles Duhigg article that I mentioned. But there's also before Jody Cantor broke the story on um, Harvey Weinstein, she wrote a really important article about the working conditions at Amazon that in the New York Times, which is very worth reading. 
Um, do you want to talk about jaws? Oh, yes. Tell me about your jaw. Well, I think the way to say it would be I hold a lot of tension in my jaw. I, I've been hearing from a lot. My, just the I other day, Chris told me that he's been clenching his jaw. Oh, Chris yeah. also holds a lot of tension <laughs> yeah, in I his jaw? Yeah, I said Eric has been complaining about this a lot. So basically, the way that this manifests itself is that I think that I think I grind my teeth at night. Mm-hmm. My dentist concurs. I've, <laughs> dentist I've been agrees. advised yeah. to get a mouth guard, mm-hmm. which I know I won't wear, so I yeah. have not gotten a mouth guard. Yeah. Um, and I clench my teeth during mm-hmm. the day when I am stressed or anxious or mm-hmm. whatever. And so my jaw is sore. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like sometimes feels like a little puffy or just like, I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. it, I can, can feel my jaw more than I yeah. want to, You're or I'm more like more conscious, conscious of it. Of it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and this has definitely been a thing for a while, but has gotten worse recently, probably because we've been under a lot of stress and have had anxiety. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Um, but I've just been thinking about it a lot mm-hmm. more. Um, and we were talking about jaw massage mm-hmm. recently because you'd heard about jaw well, massage. Well, the thing, I what I heard about was not a massage. Yeah. It's a facial. Okay. Um, oh, this is what I had too. It was, a, I had a facial, okay. but it was like okay. the massage, so this, this was part okay. of the facial. Okay. Yeah, so, but yeah. I, um, Eva Chen on a podcast was talking about something called buccal massage. Buccal? I don't know. B-U-C-C-A-L. Um, okay. And basically, it's an insanely painful facial where they somebody puts their hands inside your mouth and goes up towards like your jaw and starts like pulling the fascia, essentially. And basically, so let's see, it is meant to re- so it's it's deep inside the cheek and jaw area where you're getting this massage to release tension, improve circulation, and promote youthful-looking skin, touted as the ultimate facelift alternative without going under the knife. It's currently practiced by only a handful of facialists in the U.S. And according to Eva Chen, everybody gets this done before the Oscars and the Emmys and all of that stuff. That that's Everybody like the on the red carpet. But it's that. also apparently so insanely painful to the point where you're like crying and you're like, I'm not sure if I can finish this. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know that if I had a buccal mm-hmm. facial. Yeah. I had a facial at this place called Take Care, which has locations in New York and L.A., mm-hmm. and I had it specifically because I knew that they did jaw massage, mm. um, and they have, like, like basically what they call, like, a TMJ massage, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and the woman put on gloves yeah. and, like, has her hands, like, in your mouth, yeah. um, like, doing it, you know. And it hurt. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was crying, for sure. <laughs> did you feel better afterwards? It feels like a release. Yeah, this um, person, so this article I read, the person said, it, I immediately felt as if a huge space had opened up in my mouth. And strangely, my head felt lighter, more weightless. That- I don't know if I got the lighter, more weightless okay. head thing. Okay. Um, but I did, she did also encourage me basically just when I'm washing my face or even mm-hmm. in the middle of the day, which you see me do annoyingly, mm-hmm. is to like press at, you know, sort mm-hmm. of like at my jaw. Yeah. And, like, you know, sort of harder than feels comfortable and sort of, like, release the muscle. Yeah. um, Which does make a big difference. That's good. Well, Meghan Markle swears by buccal massage. Um, I also—I don't—there's that thing in New York called the face gym. Yeah. I think maybe they do something somewhat like this. I don't know if it's exactly buccal massage. I basically just think we're going to be hearing a lot more about jaws. You think jaws are going to be the next big thing? I do. Oh, a good tip I heard recently— I don't know where I heard this. I cannot remember. Was basically if you feel like you're clenching mm-hmm. your jaw, put your tongue on the roof of your mouth. Yeah, I I read this too. Where did we read this? Well, I read I read something. It was like an Instagram meme thing that was like in the spirit of I don't know who needs to hear this, but uh-huh. and then it was like 
put your tongue on the roof of your mouth, drop your shoulders, like all the things yeah, to just yeah, sort yeah. of like take five seconds uh-huh, to do. Uh-huh. And then. I did not see this. I saw something else. Um, But basically, you can't clench your jaw Mm -hmm. if your tongue's on the roof of your mouth. So it's a good sort of like test for yourself if you're feeling stressed or anxious to be like, okay, like, yeah, just do that. I just went to a chiropractor for the first time yesterday to deal with the fact that I'm still dealing with postpartum incontinence. Um, But also, you know, I'm like, I get migraines. I get this. I get that. And I'll tell you what, like he did some stuff to my jaw and my neck and my head. It felt great. How I'm feeling today. I know you're feeling still great good. about it yesterday. I still, still good. feel good. The, I mean, the jury's out. It felt a little, you know, like I told you, I would like the guy himself. I was like, you're selling me on a lot of stuff right uh-huh. now. And I don't know how I feel about that. But you don't um, know how much of, of him was snake oil. He just felt he, he was just yeah. really convinced he had all the answers. And I'm like, so did the physical therapist and the occupational therapist and the this and the that. And like, so far, I'm still peeing myself when I run. So, well, let's I'll see believe how it when do. I see it. Yeah. But I was like, I was like, oh, I get the whole thing people are talking about when they leave the chiropractor and you're like, I'm standing taller and I'm mm-hmm, lighter and my mm-hmm. everything feels looser. A hundred percent. Should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. That's the show. Another, by the way, uh, potential name. Another. For, <laughs> for this podcast was that it wasn't like a front runner at any point. But we felt like we definitely had to put it on the list. That's the show was on the list. And then Jamie Beck, who... It was originated. Originated. That's the show in a series of videos she used to make for us. Hopped in our DMs and said that she thought the name of our new podcast would should be. That's not actually the show, right? Yeah, that yeah, was it. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something along those lines to just let people know it's not over. It's not over. Avakind is over, but the podcast not. That's no, not the show. That's, that's not, not the actually show. the show. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. If you have ideas for the show or want to advertise, email podcast at claireandericacom 